0: invite you to turn your bibles this morning to the book of deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter 6 deuteronomy chapter 6 we have uh, been doing a series over the past few weeks except for last week of course the missions conference but uh, we've been looking at first steps for believers first steps for believers and uh, so we are really learning what it means to walk with the lord how do we walk with the lord and so or beginning a new life in jesus so sec- second corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if every, any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creature, a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we have a new life in Christ. And again, whether you've been saved for five minutes, five years, or 50 years, how do you walk with the Lord? How do you do that? So we're gonna look at some practical aspects. Deuteronomy 6, reading in verse four, starting there. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, With all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon thy gates. What we've just read here in Hebrew is this called the Shema, Shema Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God the Lord is one and we're going to be talking what it means today to listen to God listening to God let's have a word of prayer so again we are talking about how do we take first steps as believers how, what do we what believers do we take like i said there are some who have been saved uh, maybe for many years and they really have not seen we haven't seen any visible growth they might come to church faithfully they might give they might sing they might do whatever even be active in a ministry but they really haven't grown they really haven't matured, spiritually speaking. And so how do you, how do we do that? Whether you've been saved again for just a short time or a long time, how do we do that? This is practical steps, first steps for not just new believers, but for every believer, okay? So my question is, is how are you doing in your walk with God? How are you doing? How, how are you progressing? Have you noticed a difference in your life? Let's say over the past year, spiritually speaking. Have you noticed progress in your own life? A deeper love for God, a deeper love for the Lord, a deeper love for his word, an interest in it, a love for a greater love for one another, a love for for the for the, the lost to share the gospel with them. Have you noticed a change in your life even over the past year? And so what we're talking about, and we have been, and will for the next couple of weeks, is how do we grow in that? How do we take these first steps? We first of all And talked about uh, knowing God. The Bible says to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. So in our growth, and I used this illustration before, that the Christian life is like riding a bicycle. Unless you keep moving, you're going to fall off. So my encouragement to you is keep moving. Keep going. Keep pressing on for the Lord. These, and these principles here are going to be vital for the believer's growth in riding that bicycle spiritually, okay? Understand that we haven't arrived yet. We haven't arrived at we not haven't, we haven't, We're not complete. We're not finished. Not until we get to glory. Not until we get to heaven are we going to be complete. So the first, fact, first of the matter is, how do we start our journey with God? So how do we get on that bicycle to begin with? First of all, I must say this. How do you, first of all, have a Christian walk? And that's, first of all, by being a Christian, by trusting Jesus as your Savior. Okay, let me ask you this. What does someone need to do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? He died on the cross for your sins and for mine. He took the penalty of sin upon himself. He died in our place. He took my place. Why? Because he loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a blessing it is to know Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you do not know for sure, if you have a relationship with Jesus, that can start today by coming to him, coming to the cross and seeing who Jesus is. Jesus is the only person that can take care of your sin. He's the only person that can take care of your situation. And he gladly died in your place for you. Amazing. So let's say you are saved. How do you walk? So we talked about first knowing our desire, like I said, I would love to see a church filled with people, yes, but more importantly, I would like to see a church filled with people who are filled with the Spirit, walking with the Lord, walking in His Word, growing in grace, knowing God. We're also to grow in His Word. 1 Peter 2, 2, as a newborn babe's desire, the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. How important it is for believers to be in the Word of God, and not just on Sundays, folks, every day. The Word of God should be a part of our daily life. Like I said, you can usually see the growth of a church by its love for the word of God. Another element that promotes our spiritual growth is having a pattern of prayer. And that's what we talked about last time. And I encourage us to be a praying church. Prayer is an exercise of of faith. God, in his word, that's what God speaks to us. And prayer is how we talk to God as well. And I believe a strong church is also a, a praying church. Now, like I said, each of these things itself does not cause you to grow just because you eat, let's say on your lunch today, you're gonna to eat a healthy meal. Just salad, right? Okay. <laughs> Maybe a little more of that, okay. But you're or whatever diet you wanna be on, okay? You eat one healthy meal this afternoon, or let's even bring it up a notch, supper too, okay? You've done really good today. All right. So my question is this now are you gonna be healthy? Are you are you there yet? No, it, it's a daily diet, a daily pattern that you need in your life. So this is these things, like I said, in themselves don't cause you to grow, but they promote spiritual growth. They promote a believer's growth. So very important. So grow in grace, grow in God's word, pray. And then today we're going to look at the next part of growth and that is listening to God, listening to God. You see, you and I were created. We are created by God, okay? But we are created for fellowship. We are created for fellowship. Yes, with one another, but really fellowship with God but what happened that fellowship with God was broken because of sin because of Adam's fall the disobedience he and Eve did in the garden of Eden death and sin came upon all men all of us are bound with sin because of that okay we need to be freed from sin but because of the cross work of Jesus Christ the fact that he died was buried and he rose again he became alive again we have now that that new life and we have peace with God that's why Jesus came to this world to bring us to give us Peace with God. Very important. So God is now calling each and every one of us to listen to him. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So how important it is for us to listen to his voice? You see here, the more we listen to him, the more we love him. And the more we love him, the more we obey him. So very important. The more we listen to God, the more we love him. The more we love him, the more we obey him. So let's talk about listening, for example. You're listening to me. I, I got to say this, that historically speaking within the church, we are blessed. You and I are blessed. Most of us here have a Bible in our hands or even digitally on maybe on our, an app on our phone. We, we have access to the scriptures in our own hands. Did you know that that wasn't that common until just about 200 years ago? When you would go to a church, the Bible simply often read publicly and the parishioners simply heard it. So you are living in a very special time where you have a copy of the scriptures in your hands. That is a blessing. That's a blessing that times like Martin Luther didn't have, for example, okay? It was very limited. So with that, how important it is for us to listen? So I think sometimes we in our, our society today, things are so fast paced. We're always listening to the news. We're always listening to these events, social media, whatever it may be, things are distracting us. They're grabbing our attention And we really, we hear a lot, but we really don't listen. We have a heart, and and I'm going to raise my hand. I asked my wife this last night, honey, am I a good listener? And you know what? I got a little more personal. I said, honey, am I a good listener to you? Pray for me. Okay. (laughs) No, I try. I try as a husband to do that. Okay. But can you imagine, let's say this. Could you imagine, let's talk about communication. Communication is a key to relationships, to marriage especially. Let's say this, that I came to my wife and I sat down with her and I talked to her for about 10 minutes, telling her things going on in my life, asking her to do all these different things, different requests, things like that. Could you help me with this, that and the other? And then as soon as I was done talking, I left the room. How do you think that would go over? My wife, if I did that repeat, first time my wife would probably, would probably just shake her head and said, oh yeah, that's my husband. But What what would happen if I did that repeatedly? That probably wouldn't be a very effective relationship, would it? But I was kind of challenged recently in thinking about that in our prayer life. We often do that. We spend time with God. We tell him what's going on in our lives. We give him all these requests and then we stop and we go on with our daily lives. What we don't do oftentimes in our prayer life is listen. Is listen. To take time and to listen for an answer we ask God to intervene, to answer requests, but we don't wait to hear his voice. I think that is a challenge for us. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on today is how to stop and listen to the Lord. What does he have to say? We're going to look at some foundational aspects of this and then practically, how do we do that? So I'm trying to, in these messages, make this really practical, okay? We understand what the Bible says. Now, how do we apply this, okay? So first of all, we're here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and uh, this is a very important passage. I'll say more about it in a second. But God wanted Israel's attention, and I would say he expects our attention today. The challenge is simply this. Hear his voice. Listen. You hear God's verse, listen to him. It starts out again in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, shema Israel. Shema or lishmua is the Hebrew word. Uh, to hear, O Israel, the Lord our God Is one Lord. So this is a wake up call. God wanted Israel's attention. Ever talk to your kids or grandkids, and what do you try to do? And they're doing something, and you're trying to bring them in. You take their hands and go, "Listen to me, son. Listen to me, daughter. I never have to say that to linnea She's 17 now. She's you're good to go, right? She's not red yes, okay. I think each and every one's been there, or maybe you're a teacher. And you have your students and you're like, okay, you got a class of 20 students, let's say, and only there's like two students in the front that are listening well and everyone else is like, forget it, right? Okay. Y'all been there, maybe you were, well, I won't say which student you were, nonetheless, convicting, right? So nonetheless, we are, we needed to, to, to listen up, to pay attention to what God says. So the same thing is with Israel. They were supposed to listen to God. Hero is, Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This is the declaration of dependence for God. This prayer here, which is called the Shema in Hebrew, this is the foundational prayer for the Jewish people that they pray. They pray this throughout the day, every day. The observant Jewish people pray this in Hebrew every single day. Shema Israel Adonai Elohim Adonai Echad. They pray this. And so God wants their attention. And what is that? What flows out of listening to God? It says here in verse five, we are to love the Lord our God. When we know God, we will love God. Loving God with all of our heart, soul and mind, with our, our entire being is the idea. And then, after you love God, you would then apply it. In these words, verse 6, In these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently thy children. Basically, it will affect every part of their life. When they sit, when they rise down, when they walk by the way, everything, and it will affect their home life even in verses 8 and 9. So, in other words, our purpose is to know God. Okay, listen up. God wants to hear his voice. Listen to God, love God, and then obey him obey god this is what listening to god is all about know him love him and obey him and as you see that in a believer's life when you grow guess what you grow and grow and grow you become more fond with with god himself and knowing how to walk with him so very very important so but here's the thing when we say listen to god this implies that god speaks god speaks to us uh, you could turn if you'd like to in, in hebrews chapter 11 or excuse me not hebrews 11 hebrews 1 excuse me verse 1 says god who at sundry times or different times and in divers manners many ways spoke in time past unto the father by the prophets hath in the last days spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he had made the worlds so hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2 kind of talk about that the god of the past how did he speak to his people? And it, among many things, he sent angels. He even sent a donkey, okay? But also he sent prophets. Think of people like Samuel, for example. Think of Isaiah, Hosea, Joel, Amos. You know, you go through the different the prophets there. These are messengers, prophets that God has sent to his people to say, Thus saith the Lord. This is what God says. But it says in these last days, or now, has spoken to us by his son, by Jesus Christ jesus is who he sent and for us to listen to him so listening implies that god speaks god speaks to us really in general we call it two- there's two parts general revelation and special revelation general revelation is this the bible says in psalm 19 verse 1 the heavens declare the glory of god in the firmament showeth his handiwork so god even in general cre- general revelation which means just in general god speaks to us You look around this world today. If you go on, let's say, a vacation somewhere. I know, uh, was it last year or so you went to uh, to Alaska? I mean, you just stop and you're in awe of that scenery. It's like, man, that just didn't happen by chance. Uh, Luana, you were just in Mexico. God bless you, okay? Wish we were with you, all right? And you look at the beauty of creation and the beaches. I mean, God did something. Even here in Minnesota, there's such, such beauty that God has made in this world. It didn't happen by accident, folks. God did that in a great way for us to be in awe of him. What a wonderful, and wise creator that we do have. Also, God speaks to us in a special revelation. And ultimately, that's through his word that we're reading here today. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. It's profitable for really every aspect of life. Also, God speaks to us, of course, through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, and I want you to turn here to John chapter 10. Go over to the book of John chapter 10 i want you to see this this is really important we talk about listening to god john chapter 10 and we're going to begin reading in verse 27 john chapter 10 verse 27 says this my sheep jesus is saying this now my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me and i give unto them eternal life And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So Jesus speaks to his sheep, and the sheep know his voice as well. This is very, very important as we see this. So the Messiah's sheep are those who believe and hear his voice. We listen to what Jesus says. We listen to the messenger that God has sent. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 18, God says, I'm going to send a prophet like unto Moses. Him shall you hear what he says. Listen, very important. When that who is that prophet that was fulfilled in Jesus, the Messiah? That is who we should listen to, folks. We should listen to Jesus Christ. Very important. This is what makes the church, the believers, believers, okay? So <coughs> the sheep are those who believe and hear his voice. So here's another thing. Listening means that God speaks, but also those who are listening to God are those who obey God. Those who listen to God are those who obey God. We're going to see this pattern repeated a few times. You see, God listens listens to us when we speak or when we pray. He does, right? We have a God who listens to our prayers. But should we not also listen when he speaks? Like I said, a lot of our times is that one-way conversation. We talk to God for a few minutes and then we go out the door. We go on with our regular life and we don't wait to let God answer us. Now, does that mean that God will answer us right away? Maybe, maybe not. But do we even wait? Do we even take a few moments to sit and ponder what God is doing? <coughs> Excuse me. Listening begins also with having a quiet time with God. <coughs> Excuse me. You listen while I drink. All right, there we go. <coughs> so with that in mind, listening, how do we start listening? Listening really begins with having a quiet time with God. You think of different people in the Bible, such as Enoch, Moses, Daniel, Peter, and even Jesus himself. Jesus and his ministry. Jesus was never in a hurry. You know that? Read read, his, read, read through the Gospels. There's a lot of pressure going on. There's a lot of ministry. And, and i got to be honest with you, in, in even pastoral ministry, there's a lot of times where it's like on to the next thing, getting phone calls and getting texts. And by the way, I love that. I love to hear and pray and be with people. But I think we got to be careful in our life, whether it's ministry or work related or family related. We are so much in a rush today that we don't stop to listen. Listen to one another, but most importantly, listen to God. How important is for us to have a quiet time with God? Jesus, either before or even after he was doing some major miracle or teaching, what did Jesus do? He went up to a mountain or to a lonely place to do what? To pray, to talk with the Father. If Jesus needed that time, how much more do we need to i was talking with remember brother david bennett he was with us last week with silent word he one of the things that he does is he calls it a deliberate discipleship retreat he takes guys for a a couple days go somewhere and um anyways they just sit and they just talk about the lord pray with one another things like that and he was talking with uh, a ministry friend of his different and doing something different but he said this that um yeah, I would like you to come with me to one of these retreats. And that pastor says, oh, I don't have time for that. When we don't have time to stop and be with God, I don't care if you're in the ministry or not. You're relying on your own strength. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy way, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So many times we're trusting the Lord in our own strength. We're really not trusting the Lord. We're trusting me. I can handle this. How important we need that quiet time with God to strengthen us. You see, listening or hearing God affects our daily life. This is not just a Sunday obedience. I will listen to God on Sunday when I'm at church. I got a question. How many are listening right now? Don't raise your hand. Okay. All right. But that's the thing. How many of us are even listening? We we think this, that Sunday is the day that we listen to God, the day that we worship God. Let me ask you, how many days of the week should we, you be listening to God? Every day. Every day. Folks, you don't stop being a Christian when you go out these doors. It, yes, it's important that we gather here to, corporately that we worship God together. We pray together. We worship. We give together. We sing together. We spend time sitting with one another. Our, this is our family, folks. But how important it is for us to go throughout the whole week and spend time with the king of kings and lord of lords and our very best friend jesus do you know him do you love him do you obey him very very important so here's the deal when we are growing in our faith and growing in our our spiritual growth uh, with the lord taking time to listen how important it is let me give you just a little testimony a lot of times when we think about listening god usually we think of it in relation to god's will for our life Like, what does God want me to do? We think of usually in big things, right? Maybe a career change or moving somewhere, or who should I marry, and all these different things. That's usually what we think of. But this is also in daily daily life. But here's the thing: a God usually answers us in those big moments when we're consistent listening to Him in the little moments. It it adds up. Let me share this: when I was I was saved when I was four years of age. Four years of age, I trusted Jesus as my Savior. And, uh, ne- and I don't regret it for a moment. Okay, I know for sure that I'm I am God's child. I asked Jesus to be my Savior. And uh, anyways, when I was about probably about eight years of age, I would say I remember a missionary coming to our church up in Bacchus, of northern Minnesota, uh, to Japan. I remember that, and uh, the Lord just kind of worked in my heart even then about missions, and um, I didn't know what that would lead to. But in finally, in, in when I was thirteen. I I believe that's when the Lord called me to preach. I talked to my pastor, Pastor Ken Prophet, uh, who uh, I I told him that. And he said, okay, you're preaching in two weeks. Okay, I was 13. Help me, okay? (laughs) Anyways, I remember my first message was on Matthew 28 on the Great Commission. That was my first message. Somewhere, I think I still have that outline. Uh, It was probably not worth framing, but (laughs) anyways, the Lord just worked in my life. And when I was studying uh, at that time, I actually started studying in Judaism and Jewish aspects of the scriptures, not realizing where it would lead me in ministry. Uh, when I was 15, I believe that's when God called me to missions and to be a full-time uh, missionary. And so, I first of all, I had a heart for my own people. Uh, I'm Norwegian by ancestry with a little bit of Swede, you know? We need to pray for the Swedes too, right? And so, anyways, I actually started corresponding with a missionary family uh, in Norway and even learned a little Norwegian. So, gonna alit Norsk, all right? all right i know a little bit but anyways the lord just kind of worked in my life even more finally it was in 1997 was able to go on a study tour to israel and uh lord just opened my eyes uh to the jewish people and to israel as well and not realizing what would happen next so 2 years later i ended up doing my internship in israel and i worked with mandy's parents mandy was here in the states at that time we met about a year and a half later But I ended up working that summer with her parents and with the Project UMI, that whole warehouse that you saw earlier, that's what I did. I actually wired the whole warehouse that summer and it still hasn't burned down, that's evidence, okay? (laughs) I'm not an electrician, but anyway, somehow I got that job. That's another issue. All right, so while I was there on that trip, God was using that time in my life in so many aspects and I spent time with the Lord. And so I went up to um, the galley to visit some friends. Believe it or not, they're actually originally from Brainerd. Uh, Brad and Jeannie Bro, who were on Kibbutz own on the on the east side of the Galilee, and so one morning I remember it's a Saturday morning, and I went out to have my devotion, sitting right on the Sea of Galilee, right there. I had my feet in the water and and all that, and just thinking, and I was praying and I was listening. I said God, I know you want me to go to your people, the Jewish people, but Lord, where do you want me to go? And so I sat and I listened. And God reaffirmed what had been going on consistently since I was 13 years of age. Lord, I will go where you want me to go. Open these eyes. Teach me more. Let me love people more. Things like that. And God brought up to that point in that moment of silence, God just compressed upon my heart. Here it is. You're here. You're in Israel. God used that. And guess what? Joined our mission board as a junior in college. I was on deputation on the weekends while I was still in Bible college. Did that started my junior year. I would recommend that for most missionaries, but I was, I was focused. I knew where I was going. And so with that, God just worked in my life in so many ways. And eventually, as you know, our family was privileged to serve there uh, for several years and still have our, our hearts are there for sure. But here's the deal. I believe that a key part of God's answer that day was simply that I listened. I'm not bragging at all. That's God's work. God did that, not me. That wasn't my choice to go to Israel. Can I say this? And coming here to Victory Baptist Church three years ago, it was not on my radar, not on our radar. We weren't thinking. We were very well involved in our ministries in Tennessee. And so when, when, when he gave that call that one August afternoon, uh, he said, uh, would you consider candidating being, coming here to Victory Baptist? And because you guys support us in the past and because Ken Prophet way back in the Plymouth days was here, there was there was a connection. So I didn't brush it off. And I said, okay, uh, we'll pray about it. Give us a week to pray. And as you know, the Lord did the rest. What we needed in that moment, that was a big change for our family to move our family from Tennessee, Chattanooga to come up here. And we had to do a lot of praying, but Mandy and I had to do a lot of listening as well. But again, we expect God to answer in those big moments, but you find that God answers that when you are consistently doing that for years and the little decisions. Are we reading his word? Are we praying? And are we listening to God? So let's let's kind of bring this into perspective. Where the rubber meets the road. What about you? Turn through, we're going to look at one more passage and that's in Psalm chapter one. Psalm chapter one. These are verses that you probably know, maybe you've even memorized. If not, I encourage you to do it. And I want you to notice a key part of listening to God And that's really the purpose of listening to God. Why do we listen to God? Starting in verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man or woman that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he do shall prosper. Look especially at verse 2. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. The word meditate right there is the idea of almost like chewing the cud. You know how a cow eats? Just chews it, gets all the nutrients he can out of whatever he's grazing on, okay? It's the same thing with us. Those who meditate on God's word are those who are immersed in it. I mentioned a couple weeks ago about the, about the practice of reading your Bible. I'm, I recommended two ways to read your Bible. Read it through it fast. In other words, just keep reading. Just keep reading but also take times to read it slowly. Have a balance. Read it fast and then read it slowly as well. Maybe different times like that. And so this is a a practical aspect of that. And so in doing that, the purpose of listening to God is this, to develop an intimate knowledge of God. Know who God is. You see, there's a lot of people who claim they they really know about God, but they really don't know God. They don't really know him personally. Um, I know and maybe you do more than I do, you know a lot about Kirk Cousins. I don't know if there's anyone here who can say I know him personally. If you do, can I get his autograph? No, <laughs> okay. But seriously, we don't really, we really don't know these people, okay? Or Mahomes, for example. Dave knows Mahomes, right? You, you, you eat out with him all the time. <laughs> okay, nonetheless. But our purpose is in meditating, spending time with God, listening to him is to develop an intimate knowledge of him and also to increase our knowledge of God. All right? A couple... When they get married, I pray that, that that relationship will mature where they know each other. Inside out, they finish each, each other's sandwiches or sentences or whatever it may be, right? Okay. Some of you might have gotten that, okay? That was a frozen thing. Anyways, if our kids were here, they'd pick it up. All right. Also to evaluate our lives on a daily basis. The more we spend time with God, the Bible works as a mirror. It reflects who we are. Deal Moody says this. In our prayers, we talk to God. In our Bible study, God talks to us, and we had better let, better let God do most of the talking. Let me read it again, because that's convicting. In our prayers, we talk to God. In our Bible study, God talks to us, and we had better let God do most of the talking. Do you let God talk to you, and are you listening? You see, a lot of times we think, well, if I just get busy in the ministry, God's going to bless me. Busyness does not equal blessedness all the time. Now there's an aspect, there's times where we are busy for sure. But let's not be too busy. I, can I just share this and this convicted me. I remember we were back on a short furlough um back from Israel back some years ago now. We were up in Brainerd at our setting church at First Baptist and there was this uh young man that was there and we would always chit chat, you know, after the services and all that, and he would ask me, So, oh, how are you doing? I said, Well, we're and I would say, Well, we're keeping busy and all that. And then he stopped, he said, You're always saying you're busy. And then, I don't remember what he said after that, but what he said struck me. You're always busy. Wait a minute. I'm not, yeah, we can glorify ourselves. Like, yeah, I'm busy. I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm important. You know what? John the Baptist says, he must increase. I must decrease. If if other people are saying you're too busy, you're too busy. You're too busy to spend time with God. That convicted me right there. And you know, there's times where things do get busy, schedule-wise. But that should not take the place of our time with God to listen to him. Folks, we need to do better. We're not good listeners. If we're really honest, let's take time to listen to the God. Find time to listen. The Bible says evening and morning at noon, I will pray and cry aloud. He shall hear my voice. D.L. Moody said again, my friends, if we are going to do a great work with God, we must spend much time in prayer. We have got to get close with God. Find a place of prayer as well. Seek a quiet place to listen. I try to get up early in the morning to do exactly that. I try to spend some quiet time with the Lord. How do you, hear some tools to listen to God. Pray, and this is what I pray. Whenever I open the scriptures, I, I, I pray two pieces of scripture. Psalm 119 says, Open thou mine eyes, that it may behold wondrous things of thy law. The other thing I pray pray when I do my devotions is this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. When you do this, pray. Pray over the scriptures. Pray scripture even. Depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you. He is there to help you, to assist you. Ask God questions. Guess what? We don't know it all, but we have the one who is all-knowing. Listen to godly counsel. Listen to preaching advice by the way whatever i say don't just take my word for it like the brains check the scriptures to see what was said is so okay very important um speak advice good books even i like what charles spurgeon said visit many good books but live in the bible visit many good books my my office he step in my office i got books going all over the place okay that's just me i love books but live in the bible live in the bible You also have good, encouraging music, godly music. And what is the purpose? Even our hymns that we sing, the purpose of that is to simply reinforce the biblical truth that we receive. So the music you listen to, is it reinforcing what you're learning or is it distracting you from what God is doing? Remember, there's just two choices on the shelf. Thank you, Luana. (laughs) You guys know that one. So here's the challenge today as we close. When you pray, expect God to answer you. Are you expecting God to answer you? Whatever his answer may be, are you expecting that? You will grow as you listen to God. And as you learn to listen, you will draw closer to God. This is an important step for every believer. My prayer is that we would become a listening church. A listening church. I want to close with this little uh, chorus. In fact, we'll sing it here in just a second. Third verse uh, of this hymn goes like this. Open my ears that I may hear. Voices of truth thou send us clear. And while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything false will disappear. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my ears, illumine me, spirit divine. Good challenge for us today. Listen to God and you will grow in him.